With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome to History for Weirdos. We are your hosts, Andrew and Stephanie. And each week, we're going to take you on a journey into the strange, obscure, and relentlessly entertaining corners of human history. Now listen up, friends, because it's about to get weird. My name is Stephanie. Oh, and I'm Andrew. And this is the History for Weirdos podcast. Um, Thank you guys so much for listening today. We know that we didn't put out an episode last week because we had some like really dumb adulting things that were very pressing that we had to deal with. Yes, I know. That's like one of the more unfortunate things about being an adult. Yeah. Adulting. I don't like it. It stinks, but it has to be done. And we're super excited to, well, I'm really excited. I am as well. For this week's episode because I actually have, like, zero idea what you're going to talk about. Yeah, all I've kind of told you is that, like, it has something to do with Arctic exploration, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, and it's definitely weirder than that. So, weirdos, it goes way deeper. It goes all the way to the top. It goes all the way to the top. All the way to the top! Is the Arctic at the top or at the bottom? It is at the top. There you go. And I didn't even actually... Funny enough, it's a double on triple entendre. Okay. There's another. I was referencing something else, which I will show, which I will tell you later. Ooh, yes. Very exciting. All okay. the way to the top in another aspect. That's awesome. Yes. And you know what? This is actually a special episode. You know why? Why? This is, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, this is the first episode that we've gotten from a fan. That oh, yes. And a fan suggestion. By a fan, I mean <laughs> one of my very good friends, Kevin, who is also. Uh, one of my groomsmen in my yeah. wedding, in our wedding, in our wedding, you- in my wedding, you weren't there. <laughs> Was I even invited? I don't know. Oh, I technically yeah. you weren't invited. Yeah, because you were the host. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much to Kevin in yes. advance for recommending this story. Yes, yes. Thank you, Kevin. Uh, do you want to jump right in and tell me what's going on? Yes. Well, before I do that, I'm going to also cite my sources because yeah, that's I a part will of jumping not. In, babe, that's a part of it. <laughs> yeah. It's not separate. It's a part of telling your story. <laughs> yes, I know, I know. But I wanted to say it because I know, I don't want, like, Levi, if you're, when you're listening to this, I don't want you making fun of me. <laughs> Stephanie, you're not going to make fun of me. I'm going to cite my sources, and you can't make fun of me anymore. We are absolutely going to make fun of you in well, so many different ways. Yeah, that's true. But you can't make fun of me in this way, and that's all that matters. <laughs> okay, baby, get this one. I get this one. Yes, I get a win. So... Kevin obviously gave me the idea for this, but Mm -hmm. my sources are twofold. Mm -hmm. I have, of course, handy-dandy Wikipedia, Mm -hmm. because of course, and then also our handy-dandy National Geographic History. Yeah, we subscribe. 
we subscribe now. To Nat Geo History, and it's actually super cool. It I is. recommend it. I mean, I love, I mean, every single article is, like, super crisp. They they do have very obscure kind of things, yeah, too. it's pretty weird. It's not surface level at all. I really, really like this. Yeah. Um, this, yeah, this is one of our best subscriptions probably ever. Oh, absolutely. So this one had um, a whole in-depth article about Arctic exploration. Okay. So I'm only going to be highlighting, excuse me, only highlighting one. Oh, really a couple, um, but very surface level at that. Yeah. So if you want more uh, in-depth articles on Arctic exploration, I highly recommend this periodical. Cool. Really good. Really That's good. awesome. So I'm going to open this up with a question for you. Sure. What does a mid-19th century seagoing vessel uh-huh. that got stuck in the Arctic have in common with a desk that some of the most powerful men on the planet over the last 25, 30, 40 years even have in common, Stephanie? Is it like the same wood? I'm going to get to that. And that's actually surprisingly a really good guess. <laughs> <laughs> so screw you. I'm going home. <laughs> I, I did that in the wrong voice. Screw you. I'm going home. Oh, okay. Yes. There you go. <laughs> so, well, you kind of just ruined that. So thanks for your guess. I shouldn't have asked that question. That was all me. <laughs> yeah. Also, as a quick aside, like Stephanie's really good at guessing like the plots of movies, like before we even watch them. Aww, so thanks, babe. I'm not going to ruin the, the surprise ending. It wasn't a surprise to Stephanie, mind you. But in um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, yeah. we were walking in the theater. She's like, oh, this is what happens. And I was like. Wow, that's a really good guess. Okay, let's just see. And of course, the last like 20 <laughs> minutes of the movie, that's exactly what happened. I was like, how the hell did you know? I think I would like to just say that I'm smarter than everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> that's but probably true. That's probably not true. I think um, this is a plug for reading more. I think I read mm-hmm. a lot, and so I'm really good at spotting like patterns and stories and stuff like that. Mm. Because... We should all read more. I'm still not convinced that you know how to read. I don't. But, yeah. Read more books. (laughs) Read books, read magazines, periodicals, newspapers, whatever. Just read more. It's good for you. It's good for your brain. It'll make you a more interesting person. It'll make you probably a kinder, better person. Just read more. Yeah. Okay. And that's our plug from the Department of Education. (laughs) That's my TED Talk. (laughs) Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. (laughs) Okay, okay. Now back to the real story here. Uh-huh. So I'm going to tell you the story of a ship called the HMS Resolute. Okay. This was originally a merchant ship that mm-hmm. was named the... I can't... It's like P-T-A-R-M-I-G-A-N, this word. Whoa, I have the no idea. The Patarmigan. The Patarmigan. Let's just call it that. Uh-huh. Patarmigan. It's like pterodactyl. Yeah. So maybe it's, maybe just, it's just a ptarmigan? Ptarmigan. Yeah, that might be it. Okay. So, and it was purchased by the British government in 1850. Mm-hmm. And the reason why this purchase happened was because the British government was trying to find a lost ship headed by a man by the name of Sir John Franklin, who set out to find the ever-elusive Northwest Passage. Right. And this was, you know, that I think... That was super trendy back then. Yeah, 1845, I believe, was when he set out. And, but, you know, unfortunately, spoiler alert, it didn't exist back then. Ironically enough, because of you know, climate change and whatnot, <laughs> it, it might exist now, but and then our technology doesn't matter. Our ships can just plow through the ice. So. Right. What was, that's a part of, um, the search for the Northwest passage is a big part of the plot in Frankenstein. Yes, it was. Yeah. Frankenstein's like a story within a story within a story, whatever. Yeah. And that's like the first sort of frame in the story is 
is the search for the Northwest Passage. Right, the outermost frame. Yeah, why was that such a popular, like, um, quest for people? Do you know? Yes, I actually do. Mm. So, if you think about it, like, when we look at a map of the world, it's like, it's not super accurate, right? Because yeah. it's, we're taking a globe and then trying to put it into, like, a rectangle. Yeah, exactly. Um, but if you imagine, like, the globe, you can go technically from, like, um, it's hard to conceptualize in my head. But essentially, it would take, it would, you could go across the world in much shorter times because instead of just going, like, going, you know, east and then, or west and then, like, you know, going south to avoid continents or, or whatnot, mm-hmm. you could just kind of shoot across and then get to the other side of the world mm-hmm. really quickly. Now we have airplanes, so it's a moot point. Right. But that was huge back then uh-huh. because you could cut down on travel time and then, you know, get goods to the other side of the world much quicker. Okay. But I feel like it was very romanticized also. It was. So, like, it started, the root of it was like, this will be more efficient. Is there a way to do this? And then mm-hmm. I probably, when people started looking and they're like, wait, is there a way to do this or is this not feasible? Then it became like a who's the coolest person yeah, that I can th- find the Northwest Passage. I think it's also, yeah, like, it's like, a, you know, the new age of discovery for them or the right. new, you know, it, their version of just, yeah. Exactly. It's this idea of adventure, mm-hmm. of something new, um, a right. world that hasn't been touched really by humans yeah like the new world is already more or less like figured out by this point they're like there's nowhere else on the globe like why don't we go north so this was like primarily then like a western european thing to do oh for sure an american american north american yeah definitely okay so um where was i oh yes that's right so this ship so we're going, let's go back to the HMS Resolute. Uh-huh. The ship, it set sail in 1850 to try to find this, the ill-fated expedition of um, Sir John Franklin. Mm-hmm. So unbeknownst to anyone outside the Franklin expedition, unfortunately, everyone <laughs> at this point had already died. Oh my God. Yeah. They never found this, the actual ship. Um, wow. Only evidence of places where it had been. Like, for example, Beachy Island, which is in the present day Canadian Arctic. Um, beachy Island? Beachy Island. Okay. I don't think it was very beachy. It was probably very cold. <laughs> it was probably very icy. Yeah, very icy. The ship returned the following year and published some articles in the Illustrated Arctic News, which was a periodical back then. Of course it was. I know. How I, old-timey. I, I, I read that and I was like, of course, this is like a mid-19th century like, yes, like magazine. Sitting in a leather armchair, smoking your pipe, reading the Arctic periodical oh yeah definitely a vibe absolutely such a vibe (laughs) such a vibe so that was kind of nothing really happened of it however Mm. the second expedition Mm -hmm. set sail in april of 1852 and it would be the last major effort to locate franklin because of what would come to pass dun 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 okay over the next year and some months, uh, their search would be in vain, and unfortunately, they would never find Franklin or his remains. Even to this day, we don't. We know Franklin died. We actually found his diary. Um, he died really? in eighteen. Yeah, we. He died in eighteen forty-seven. Um, they even have the exact date of when he died, but we How? never found because we found like on it was either on Beachy Island or like one of the surrounding things. We found. Um, it was either his diary or, like, someone's writings. And mm-hmm. someone wrote, like, oh, this day. Oh, it must not have been his diary. Yeah, it was someone he's else. he's not like, I'm going to, I yeah. died today. <laughs> exactly. Today <laughs> I died. Sad face. <laughs> <laughs> so someone else wrote that he died that day. It was, like, oh. April 11th, 1847. Something like that. 
What a bummer. I know. So, unfortunately, even the first expedition, they wouldn't. It was ill. That's crazy. It was in vain. And no, was anyone's remains found? Yeah, they found they found um, even some burial plots. Okay. Yeah, and they they spoke to some Inuits, uh-huh. and they uh, they knew of like these dumbass people that came and died. pretty much yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> they were like, "What are you doing here? You don't know how to survive." Exactly. It's like, uh-huh. guys, this is a terrible idea. <laughs> this don't is... do this. Your ships are not like the technologies wasn't there. Yeah, and the Inuit people had been there forever. And lo and behold, guess what happens? Mm. Ironic twist of fate. Some, they get stuck in the ice. So that's right. August oh. 1853. So like still really early, you know, that's like su- Jesus. Yeah. Or August. I mean, like, oh, it's like summertime still. Oh, okay. I thought you were referencing like the technology they would have had then. Oh yeah. No, no. To be so like, we could do it now. You no, know, exactly. <laughs> no. I mean, this is during this expedition. So uh-huh. like the resolute gets trapped during an ice and by April 1854, um, they're still trapped in ice. So this is months. So this is like half a year. By this what? point, they'd been out, you know, they'd set sail for two years at this point. So, if, so, and they are still stuck in ice, and at this point, Belcher, um, it doesn't look like it's going to be letting up anytime soon. Belcher orders the ship to be abandoned, and they escape on two relief ships. Belcher is the captain of yeah, this ship. he's the captain ship. of this one. And it took almost a year of them being stuck in ice before they decided to abandon ship. Yeah. Wow. So... But can, you, can you imagine being stuck no, in ice I, I for, can't. like, months and months and months? Yeah, so, like, August to April. I mean, so that means they, like, saw the end of summer. They saw all of fall, all winter. of winter, and then into spring. Wow. And it's still not letting up. I wonder, they must have had so many supplies ready to go. Yeah, they did. I mean, they were well-provisioned. okay. They had years of supplies on them. Okay. Just in case, you Jeez. know, they met someone else, right? What a nightmare, though. Yeah, it really is. So, the story does not end here, mm-hmm. obviously. Right. Because this would be, be pretty boring. unremarkable. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> be very unremarkable. But this is just where the weirdness starts to begin. Mm-hmm. And it only ramps up mm-hmm. with every twist and turn. Okay. So, the ship was found adrift and in actual near-perfect condition by an American whaler by the name of James... I thought you were going to say an American whale. An American whale. I was like, how cool the whale oh. finds them. That's right, baby. And, the little, and of like, course he's American. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, how'd you know he's American? He's car- he's waving a little American flag. Yeah, he's like, Yankee his Doodle. <laughs> yeah. Yankee Doodle, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so an American whale so finds an, them. Yeah, an American whale. Uh, by the name of James Buddington. That's he's a, a buddy. good name for a whale. That would be a good name for a whale. James Buddington? James Buddington. No, but he's American. But he's American, so he's yeah. like, I'm James Buddington. America. America. Uh-huh. Hashtag America. You know, hashtag <laughs> wouldn't come around for another 150 years. America. Right. So, this whale, mm-hmm. but in actual... In actuality, a whaler <laughs> okay. split. I know it's not a whale. <laughs> split his crew between his ship mm-hmm. and the Resolute, and sailed both ships actually safely back to harbor in Connecticut. And ironically, oh, great, yeah. And ironically, the name of the harbor was called New London. Oh wow! Yeah, funny enough. And he arrived on Christmas Eve, eighteen fifty-five. That's nice. Yeah, so it was kind of like a nice little Christmas present. Yeah, like a little Christmas miracle. Exactly. And as a gesture of goodwill, actually, the American government fixed it up, or 
Congress specifically fixed it up and sent it back to Britain as a gesture of good faith to Queen Victoria. Okay. Yeah. And the resolute would Yeah, very cordial. And the resolute would serve in the British Navy for another 23 years but would be retired and salvaged for timber in 1879. So, at uh-huh. this point, like kind of an interesting story so far. Yeah. Like this is this is pretty cool. Right. Um I like, you know, the ship got was fa- you know, ironically went to go find someone, then was lost, and then found and then, again, and yeah. then, like, returned to Britain and, you know, served in the Navy. Yeah. And, you know, did its thing the for another 23 years. The ship itself had multiple lives. Yeah, exactly. And mm-hmm. if it, this story ended here, I think it would be kind of interesting. However, mm-hmm. its story does not end here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Where does it end? Tell me. Oh, I'm not going to tell you. Just get no, to I it. Will. <laughs> <laughs> so, you may ask, now, what was done with this timber? Some of it was used to make desks. Mm-hmm. So three desks were actually made from this, and one of them was actually the desk of the President of the United States in the Oval Office. I never would have guessed that. <laughs> <laughs> so, in fact... Wh- That's this, really cool, though. Yes. The main desk, it's called the Resolute Desk, and was given to President Rutherford B. Hayes in 1880. Rutherford B. Hayes. One of my favorite American presidents, not because of anything he did. I know very little about what he did. I don't know anything about him. But just because of his name, man. Rutherford, Rutherford B. B. Hayes. It sounds like an American president. Yes. Oh, Rutherford B. Hayes here. Yeah. I'm going to give you the scoop, all right. He's not it's going to be my fist. <laughs> He's a journalist and a boxer and president. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty much like Teddy Roosevelt. Yes. Maybe he wasn't a journalist, but he was a boxer. That's true. Yeah. Man, he messed people up. Yeah. Anyways, so (laughs) going back to our our boy Rutherford B. Hayes. Yes. He was was given to him as a desk or um, as a gift, I mean. And he kept it in the office. But, like, it wasn't, like, the official presidential desk. Mm -hmm. I think it's not really said, but... At one point, I, it becomes the official uh, presidential desk, and FDR has it as his. Very In cool. fact, he Im- gives it an improvement, and I'm using air quotes because, okay. um, you know, traditional desks, you know, there's, like, see-through at the bottom, right? Like, there's, like, the... What do you mean, see-through? Like, there's, a, you know, like, a place where you can kind of, like, stick your feet out, right? Like, what? when you think of a desk, mm-hmm. there's, like... <laughs> I mean, it's hollow, like, underneath, right? Oh, hollow, yeah, you not can see-through. See, there's a crevice. Yeah, and, you, I mean, you can see through it because there's no wood there mm-hmm. or anything. So... He put a back on it or something? Yeah, so he put a little door on it because during uh, the 30s, he had, you know, of course, he had polio mm-hmm. and he was affected by it and he had crutches and he didn't want anyone to see it. His sees, like, crutches right. or his leg braces. Yeah. It was too bad. Mm-hmm. I know that um, it was just a very different time in regards to like politics and the press and stuff because I remember like in elementary school like a history teacher talking to us about FDR and and um, his bout of polio and ending up in a wheelchair all of those things and the history teacher she pointed out that you will not find pictures of the president doing like presidential things and transferring in and out of his wheelchair mm-hmm. um just not that there's, you know, anything wrong with being in one. I think people were just respectful of, like, the press was respectful of this vulnerable moment for the leader of the United States to be. Right. 
um, transferring in and out of his wheelchair. And she made the point of saying, like, the press isn't like that anymore. Like, nothing's off limits to wow. people these days. That's a really good point. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Um, yeah. And I think especially to add to that, like, it was... You know, he was president during the 30s, so mm. that was, of course, the Great Depression. Mm-hmm. And then 1941 rolls around, we enter World War II. Right. Um, and so, like, he's president, you know, through 1945, and then, you know, unfortunately for him, he dies. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he was just, like, his entire presidency was marked by, like, tumultuous events. It was like, wow. <laughs> it's not like he could just be, you know, like, chilling, like, you know, everything's going fine. No, like, nothing was going fine no, at any point in time like, for him. economically and then militarily, mm-hmm. like, nothing was going well. I know. I mean, you That's know. That's probably why he's so beloved when we speak of him s- still, and obviously, like, Eleanor Roosevelt. That's so true. loved. Yeah, that's absolutely, that's a very good point. Mm-hmm. So he added, he made an improvement. To he the made desk. an improvement. Mm-hmm. And it actually, I mean, it, 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 improvement's still there to this day. There's a presidential, Aww. like, seal. So it, it looks good. That's so sweet. Yeah, it actually does look, if you compare the old desk versus the new desk, it does look cooler. Okay. So give him that. I'll try it really to see was if I can find a picture of that um, to post on our Instagram. Yeah, yeah, okay. definitely. Um, you can see there was a picture of the desk in eight, taken in 1899, mm-hmm. so obviously before the improvement, um, where I believe it's not the president, but it's someone else, like a, I think an ambassador, mm-hmm. signing papers that ended the Spanish-American War. Oh, wow. Yeah, on the desk. On the desk that's the wood from the ship. Wow, that's Still, really That cool. went at, set out to find another ship. That was like, whoops, I got lost. <laughs> yeah, got stuck in ice. <laughs> like, finding it, trying to find a ship that also got stuck in ice. Yeah. So, I don't know, just, man, just some weird events. Very weird cool. Events. But, um, actually, well, it, it's kind of cooler, though, is like, it, it stepped up in popularity over the years. So The desk? The desk, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think JFK used it as his desk. But, really? Yeah. Wow. But, unfortunately... Um, he, you know, he was obviously assassinated uh-huh. and afterwards I don't, LVJ put, gave it to the oh. Smithsonian or something okay. and went on tour to like, you know, around the country people, uh-huh. you know, were saying, oh, this is the desk that JFK really? used and all that. Yeah. The desk had a tour? Yes. It like was part like, of his personal, the JFK personal effects. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's it's just one of the cool. things. Like, yeah. It's like a little rock star desk. It really is. And it only gets crazier because, because Jimmy Carter called it back. Oh. And used it as his desk starting in 1977. And every single president since then, even including now Donald Trump, has used that desk as their official desk, with the exception of George H.W. Bush, who used it as like an auxiliary desk, but still in the White House. That's so interesting. Every Yeah. So like, so, you know, now Trump, then, you know, before Obama, Bush, Clinton, Bush, you know, not Bush senior, uh-huh. um, this is before Bush. Oh, Reagan. Mm-hmm. And then Carter all used it as their Oval Office desk. That is insane. Yeah. And then, so not LBJ. Yeah, LBJ so didn't. not Bush Sr. and not LBJ. Yeah. Yeah, wow. LBJ didn't use it at all, but Bush Sr. used it, but just not, like, it was still in the White House, just using it on an auxiliary desk. Okay. That yeah. is so interesting. <laughs> I know. I never thought, like, a desk would ever interest me, but I'm like, wow, this is actually really cool. That is so cool. Also... It's been I featured. Want it. I know. I kind of do too. It's like, <laughs> should I be elected president just so I can use this? Desk? <laughs> <laughs> we just like drive up in like a U-Haul. Yeah. We put the desk in the back, and then we're like, okay, that's it. That's all we wanted. Yeah. Okay. Bye. Govern yourselves. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> and 
it's been in many pop culture references, but none so prominently as the masterpiece of cinema that is National Treasure 2 Book of Secrets. No way. Yes. The desk is in National Treasure 2? It is. So it is a rock star desk. It really is. I mean, Nick Cage. Nick Cage. Finds a hidden compartment in the desk that, surprisingly, no other president that has ever used this desk, so pretty smart men, Mm -hmm. has Mm. ever found. Well, you know. Sometimes smart. Sometimes smart. Yeah, yeah. But (laughs) (laughs) maybe savvy I mean, to be elected president, you have to have... Maybe rich? Yeah. (laughs) Okay, fair enough. Uh But But Nick Cage. Nick Cage outsmarts all presidents, including, you know, all the ones I just mentioned. That's believable, though. Believable, I mean, it's National Treasure, too, but Nick Cage is really just America's treasure. That's true, he is. Mm -hmm. So Nick Cage finds a hidden compartment, and there's something written on it that something, 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 you know. I don't remember the last time I watched either of the National Treasures. It's been a while for me. I'm pretty sure Phil Dunphy from Modern Family is in that movie as well. Oh, really? I didn't catch that. He's in the second one. As considering that we have a podcast called History for Weirdos, we need to review National Treasure 1 and 2 because those are like... That's absolutely true. Very, very reliable historical sources. Of course. I mean, <laughs> is there... So much material is yes. waiting for us Is in there, there a Knights Templar slash Mason? Uh-huh, Freemason. Freemason, thank you. Freemason, like, absurdly large treasure hidden somewhere in the United States? 100% true. Yeah, 100%. Yes. Oh my gosh, now I really want to watch that. I know, I do too. Okay, we yeah. should have a And also party. Sean Bean's, like, the bad guy in the first one. I mean... Can it get better? Oh, Sean Bean. And he he doesn't die. He does not die. Good for Sean Bean. He doesn't die. He manages to keep a character alive. I think he gets arrested, but But does not not die. Yeah. That's great. I I can't believe this desk, this same desk went from the Stuck in Ice (laughs) expedition to like National Treasure 2. I know. It's just gone up in the world. Like the wood of the desk, obviously. Yes. It's only gone up from there. I know. Isn't that really cool? That is so cool. What would be like a next step up for the desk? Like what would be the next cool thing? Space. Space. It's using a spaceship. It's a spaceship (laughs) desk. Yeah, somehow it defies like the law of gravity and can like go through, you know, outer space without burning up in the atmosphere. Oh my gosh, we got to get Richard Branson on it. I bet if Richard Branson's listening to our podcast, which I'm like sure he is. If he isn't, like how dare him? Yeah. Hey, he? How dare he? Yeah, no, he's totally listening. Hi. What's um, up, Richard? He's going to hear this story about the desk and he's going to make it his mission to get into space, so... That would be really cool. That would be really cool. Yeah, or Elon Musk. Maybe they can have a competition. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Challenge has yeah. been thrown down, you Virgin two. Galactic versus SpaceX. Damn. All right, guys. You guys heard you... it here first. I know. I'm just about to say that. <laughs> History for Weirdos, the award-winning podcast, has just announced. <laughs> and by award-winning, I mean we gave ourselves an award. <laughs> We give ourselves an award every time we, like, follow through and are able to, like, post an episode. Exactly. So award-winning podcast is just announced. (laughs) Whoever can take the HMS Resolute desk all the way to outer space wins. Wins. um, Our eternal gratitude. And they get to hang out for a whole day with our Corgi, Stella. You're welcome. You're welcome. Yes. (laughs) Well, that that's all I have on this desk. Um, that is so cool. But yeah, I just thought I'm like, you know, thank I, first of all, thank you, Kevin. Like this was such a weird 
like story. That is so weird. This is this is definitely like he's he's now like an official like weirdo. Yeah, Kevin, you're a weirdo. I love this story because it's so whimsical. It is. It's very whimsical. And everyone needs a little more whimsy in their lives. Yeah, you know what? This is definitely. Like, I think a prime example of busting this out at, like, a dinner party. Yeah, that's a good, like, especially when you're, like, if you're eating dinner with, like, your relatives that, like, aren't the chillest people in the world. It's, like, such (laughs) a nice, neutral topic to bring up is, like, well, have you heard about this desk? Yes. (laughs) That can be a, hey, maybe it's a good pickup line. (laughs) If you're at a bar, be like, hey. You know what? Have you ever heard of the Resolute Desk in the White House? Well, because let me tell you. If not, I'm about to blow your mind. <laughs> yes. Well, you know what's kind of funny is, um, I, like, people at work now ask me, like, they'll just be like, hey, Andrew, give me a random historical fact. Oh, really? Yes, because of this podcast. That's so nice. I've had my um, lovely friends will, like, send me weird history, like, things they see or, like, quirky books or, or like, historical decor, anything that looks old-timey and, like, peculiar Mm -hmm. i get sent that so i always appreciate it if you guys find any weird history stuff that you think we're we'd find interesting send us a picture leave us a comment whatever because we really do it like just makes us so happy to know that people think of us when they see weird things yes i know we i love it yeah you love it yeah and definitely if you want to you know have your name on our podcast definitely a really good way to do that then that way sending us a a Richard story. Branson and Elon Musk will both know your name then. Because yeah. <laughs> they are huge fans. Huge. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Ho- hopefully he's not a fan. <laughs> Unsubscribe. <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> I can't do the voice. But anyways. <laughs> thank God you can. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much, babe, for telling me about probably, like, literally the coolest desk in the world. Yeah, no, 100% the coolest desk. I cannot think of anything, any desk cooler than this. Yeah, if anyone else knows of a cooler desk, we'd actually be really, really interested to know. I mean, used by many presidents, or multiple presidents, and was, I mean, you know, went to the Arctic. I'm going to, when we're, when we're done recording, I'm going to ask Google what's the coolest desk in the world. Should we ask they her They don't now? say the Resolute desk. I'm going to ask her now. Hey, Google, what's the coolest desk in the world? Wow. We found a list on the website, thetrendspotter.net. 35 cool desks for your home office. <laughs> hey, Google, stop. SQL executive desk. Oh, she doesn't want to stop. Hey, Google, stop. <laughs> you just need a firm voice. <laughs> <laughs> she wasn't helpful. So I think this proves that you have the coolest desk in the world. I win. I win. Well, thank you so much, babe, and thank you, weirdos, for listening. Thanks for um, being so understanding about last week, and we hope to not have that happen again. We absolutely love sharing our weird history stories with you all and connecting over the peculiar things that we love. That's true. And, of course, you can always find us at historyforweirdos at gmail.com yeah. if you want to email us. Also, find us on social. Mm-hmm. At Th- History for Weirdos. Yeah, in both Instagram and Twitter. Correct. And then TikTok, still trying to figure that out. <laughs> we will upload content at some point in the future on yeah. TikTok. Stay tuned. It's at history underscore for underscore weirdos. Mm-hmm. And thank you guys so much. Bye, weirdos. Adios, weirdos. <laughs>